Good morning, it's Thursday, February 22nd, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories and other important things in our community. Today, we dive into a pressing issue facing Pima County as it grapples with the imminent end to federal funding for the transportation and temporary housing of undocumented migrants seeking asylum. Before we begin, some Arizona trivia. Did you know that Taryn Manning is an actress and singer from Arizona, renowned for her roles in Orange is the New Black, Sons of Anarchy, Hustle and Flow, and 8 Mile? She began her career in the late 1990s, with her breakthrough coming in Oscar winner Hustle and Flow. Manning also started the band Boomcat with her brother and embarked on a music career with several releases topping dance charts. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Benson Hospital. Benson Hospital now has three locations for primary care services. Let their compassionate providers care for your entire family. Your health starts here. Call to schedule an appointment today at 520-720-6551. Now our feature story. Federal funding for the transportation and temporary housing in Pima County of undocumented migrants seeking asylum in this country is about to evaporate. This development poses a significant challenge, not just for Pima County, but for neighboring Cochise and Santa Cruz counties, which are already stretched thin in managing the daily influx of migrants. Pima County Administrator Jan Lesher issued a stark warning during a recent meeting with the Pima County Board of Supervisors. By March 31st, the federal financial lifeline that has supported the daily transport of migrants from Douglas and Nogales to Casa Alitas, a shelter in Tucson run by Catholic Community Services, is expected to dry up. This cessation of funds threatens to exacerbate the situation in Douglas and Nogales, where migrants are released daily by the Border Patrol and have been transported to Tucson for support and shelter. Casa Alitas, which has been a cornerstone in providing care for thousands of migrants arriving weekly, is also on the brink of a financial crisis. The shelter, with a capacity for 1,000 beds, is currently spending $1 million each week to assist these individuals, many of whom arrive from Cochise and Santa Cruz counties, as well as directly from the Border Patrol's Tucson sector. The implications of these funding cuts are profound. Without the buses to transport migrants to Casa Alitas from Douglas or Nogales, these cities face a daunting challenge due to a lack of available shelters. Douglas, for instance, has only two church-run shelters with a total capacity of 60 migrants, which is barely enough to meet the needs of the daily arrivals. The situation has prompted discussions and emergency measures, including a recent decision by the Douglas City Council to allocate $100,000 to explore alternative shelter options. Furthermore, city officials are slated to meet with Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema to discuss the ongoing crisis. Amidst this looming crisis, Pima County officials are considering their options, though constrained by a tough budget year. Administrator Lesher has emphasized that the responsibility for addressing this situation lies with the federal government, highlighting the need for sensible border and immigration reform and the provision of necessary funding to local jurisdictions. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Hi, this is Didi Rodriguez, the Executive Director here at Prestige Assisted Living. Did you know heart disease is the number one cause of death among older adults? But here at Prestige Assisted Living in Sierra Vista, we take the health and wellness of our residents to heart. We are offering a free guide on heart health for older adults on our website. Visit prestigecanhelp.com to download your free guide today. Again, that is prestigecanhelp.com. 
Next, we're excited to share our weekly segment, Best of Preps, brought to you by our friends at Lolly Automotive. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Lolly from the Lolly Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small-town dealer-friendly. Come into any one of the Lolly dealerships today or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lolly deal. Nobody. Now, best of preps. The end of one sports season leads the way to another. Welcome back, everybody, to your favorite segment, Inside the Daily Chirp Podcast. It's time once again for Game of the Week, where I get to sit down with the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, Bruce Wetton, and talk about all things Cochise County sports. And boy, Bruce, one of these teams went out with a bang. What's my two favorite words, Jeff? State champion. That's right. We got two, and I'm so excited to talk about these two today. But most importantly, I'm really excited to talk about a team that did not disappoint. They did not surprise. They did what they set out to do, and I'm talking about the St. David girls basketball team. State champions for the first time, Jeff, since 1992. They've been to the state finals in 2014 and lost that year. But in 1992, they won the state title from St. Michael, who they ironically beat on Friday in the semifinals. And that was under a former coach named Barry Judd. So hats off to the St. David Tigers, your state champions, and they finish a year 29-2. and two. Oh, And those two losses are to Pima and to Miami, who are playing each other in the Final Four for the 2A on Thursday night. That's how good those teams are. That's how good those teams are. But what was neat about this game is that we were watching it on the, on the NFHS network. St. David fell behind 6 nothing. Right off the bat, I'm thinking, oh, man, what's going on here? I guess they had to get their nerves calmed down or something because they responded with a 9-0 run. They went up 9-6, led 20-8 at the half. They allowed J.C. to get back into the game with a 7-2 run, so the score at halftime was 22-17. So with 2-23 to go in the game, it's a 41-39 ball game. Anyone's game. Anyone's game. And then St. David closes out with an 8-0 run to seal it. And what a celebration to see that was on the on the network Senior Anissa Jaquez led the Tigers with 18 points. Emmalyn Jaquez followed with 11. And junior Gracie Crockett and senior Mela Trejo each had eight points each. It was great to see them celebrate. We are so happy for them. And so now our best of preps team of the year just got a little bit more competitive now between Berean and St. David. Yeah, the Berean football undefeated season, and now the St. David 1A state champs. I think there's going to be a co-team of the year. Well, we'll let the committee decide that. But, yeah, something that hasn't been done since 1992. And so you know dang good well there's a celebration probably going to be going on for a while in St. David. and Well-deserved. Um, Well-deserved is right. So very happy for the Tigers. Congratulations to them. So they were Cochise County's first state champion of the weekend. Later on in the day, as we had mentioned previously last week, we sent 37 wrestlers to state, and we expected some state champions. And of the 37 we sent to state, three were defending state champions. Well, of the three that were defending, only one repeated, and that was Orrin Alsup from Wilcox High School. He is a two-time state champion. He won it last year and won it again this year. And he won the state title in the Division Four 165-pound weight class Saturday, beating Tristan Brown of Thatcher by decision, 10-3 to in front of a humongous crowd of people that were there, so not only supporting him, but the other athletes at Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix. 
Two of Alsop's wins were by pin at state, while two were by decision. He finished his senior year at Wilcox High School with a record of 45-4. and Wilcox's cash McCumber, Ned Tinkle, who won state last year, were forced to settle for second place this year. They were second along with Tombstone's Brock Santa Maria and Jacob Weichelt. So we had four wrestlers finish for second. I found out later from Wilcox wrestling coach Pat McCumber that both Cash and Ed wrestled wrestlers who had transferred into Eloy Santa Cruz who were both nationally ranked. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I don't know if they got ringers. I don't know what happened there, but Cash and Ed went up against wrestlers that were nationally ranked. One guy was 39-0, you know, so it shows. Anyways, those guys took second place. Wayne is Aisha General, placed third for the girls in her 114-pound Division II weight class, while teammate Zeff Jeffries finished fourth in his division at 165. Benson Zeke Crowley and Wilcox's Abby Tingle and Wilcox's Travis, Travis Larson each placed fifth. And St. David had another reason to celebrate. Jeffrey Savage finished sixth at 132. I mean, Bisbee, Douglas, and Valley Union all set wrestlers to state but nobody qualified in the top six. And according to McCumber, Pat McCumber, also is a three-time state finalist. He qualified for state as a freshman and got to the finals and lost. His sophomore year, he had a football injury, so he sat out the entire wrestling season, and then he won the last two. And he said that, he said coming off that injury last year was challenging, and this year he felt the pressure of trying to repeat. So I asked him on Sunday when I was doing my interview with him over the phone, I said, Warren, I said, you play football, you play baseball and you wrestle so where's your future going to be thinking he was going to say either football or baseball he surprised me rodeo <laughs> he's going to go to coaches college and rodeo as a bronc rider and a team roper he's wow. made it official so he's going to become a cowboy at coaches college and come to find out i guess he's a pretty darn good cowboy at that too because i've been talking to people who knows him on the circuit so yeah he's he's done with wrestling he's going to play baseball finish up but he's going to become a member of the Coaches College of Rodeo team here this fall. I just got more excited for rodeo season next year to see Warren at the Coaches County Fair. Oh, my goodness, Jeff. That's going to be awesome. But Wilcox, I mean, he'll be the second or third athlete out there from Wilcox to be on the rodeo team. Hats off to the state participants and the state qualifiers in uh, wrestling. And then everything kind of went downhill after that because the, the soccer and basketball did not go as well as we had hoped. Buena Girls Soccer... They lost their first-round state playing game on Thursday to Scottsdale Chaparral 8-0. The Colts end the year with a 9-7-1 record. Chaparral went on to lose the next match to Desert Mountain, so Buena was 0-1, whereas Chaparral was 1-1, and they were done. Douglas, meanwhile, traveled to Prescott. It was a, yet a 14-seed taken on a 3-seed. This match was 1-1 with five minutes to go in the match. Douglas was giving them all they could handle. Douglas made a mistake. Prescott scored. They beat them 2-1. to one. So the Bulldogs in the year, 10-7-2. And, and Prescott went on to be upset by Scottsdale Saguaro, 1-0 in the second round. Interesting. So a lot of these top-tier teams, they win the first round and then lose the second. But Douglas did get some good news out of that match that we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. The Buena Boys basketball team qualified for this play-in game for State. They lost to Scottsdale Chaparral, 52-34 to on Friday. Colts in the year 16 and 9. The heartbreaker of the weekend had to be the Douglas Bulldogs. Oh my goodness, that was a tough game to watch. Peoria came down to Douglas. 
for a playing game for State. And Douglas was just, they were not hitting the shots. They were putting up shots with time left on the shot clock. They weren't utilizing the shot clock properly. And this is one of the few times I've seen teams score baskets in the final seconds to either tie or win the game. Douglas was clinging to a lead late in regulation. Peoria comes down, pops a three, boom, scores, we go overtime. Douglas had a 47-46 lead with five seconds to go in the overtime. Peoria, game winner. They upset Douglas 48-47. I'm laughing, though, because Peoria's reward for beating Douglas, they get to go to South Point tomorrow night, Thursday night, and play number one South Point. So I think we know what's going to happen to them. Douglas girls in the year, 23-6, and six, school record, 23 wins. Just amazing. I mean, to think they, about that record and the year that they've had. And they're only losing a handful of seniors, and so the, a lot of the key players are coming back, including the player of the year that we're going to be talking about here later in the show when the postseason accolades were announced right after the game was over. And then another disappointing event took place on Saturday morning. We got up and we were so excited to watch Bisbee play Phoenix Christian, and Phoenix Christian got him again. They got him again, 59-46. to 46. This game was closed for three quarters, and then in the fourth, PC put it on, and Bisbee ends the year 18 to 10. But to the Cougars' credit, they also won their next game, and so now they're in the state semifinals for the second straight year. They're going to play Leading Edge Academy. No, they won. They beat Leading Edge Academy. I take it back, and they're going to play number one Santan Charter on Thursday with that winner going to Saturday's championship game. So Bisbee's out, Blaine is out, Douglas is out, and then unfortunately the Tombstone girls who qualified for state, they ran into a very good San Carlos Braves team. They got spanked 62-25. to San Carlos won its next game, and they're playing Phoenix Country Day School this weekend in the state semifinals. So Tombstone's ends a year 18-12. and So we are officially done with high school basketball and wrestling. So now we turn the focus to baseball. Real fast here, I want to touch base on Cochise College. Fortuna Naguile, she's on a tear. Her streak of consecutive double-double games now, Jeff, is up to 12. And uh, Cochise got back into the win column last weekend. They beat Central Arizona College twice, winning 70-59 to on Friday and 73-64 to on Saturday. And as we had just stated, her consecutive streak of double-double games is 12. And Coaches College posted on his Facebook page late last night that for the fifth time this season, she's the ACCAC Athlete of the Week. And uh, Five times in one season, she's going to be the back-to-back player of the year. If she's not, then I think we got some serious head scratch exactly. in the dude because, I mean, she's just tearing them up right now. And Coaches has a big game on Wednesday night. They're going to be hosting Scottsdale. And then they have a one-game series against Phoenix College on Saturday. And uh, so we're going to be at the Scottsdale game Wednesday night. Saturday's on the road. But I see her double-double streak continuing. But I'm laughing because she'll either score a lot of points and just get just enough rebounds, or she'll score have 25 rebounds and score 11 points. But either way, she finds a way to get that double-double. So hats off to her. Coach's baseball was off to a hot streak until they went to Central on Saturday and then they ran into a buzzsaw, and they got beat 6-0 and 5-1. Well, the, the skid continued Tuesday. Cochise was hosting Yavapai College, and they dropped game one, 3-2. So I got my shots, and I got out of there, and then they came back and won game, game two, 8-5. So I guess the story is don't show up, Bruce. And <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll win. 
So it's it's been a wild week. We got some exciting games coming up. But as we had mentioned earlier in the show, Jeff, we have all region honors have started to be announced. And we're going to just recap some of these real fast. And I want to start off with 4A girls soccer. Douglas soccer coach Mario Romero got coach of the year. No way. Coach of the year. And he was nominated by the coach that beat him for the regional championship from Walden Grove. But the other coaches all supported the nomination, voted him. So he's coach of the year for the 4A Gila region. First team honors for Douglas, Dominique Munoz. Second team honors, Carla Pena, Milan Hunt, Anitza Higuera, America Romero, our freshman goalie, and Haley Barco. And then honorable mention honors went to Sofia Castillo, Mia Guzman, and Exima Soto. So uh, all regional honors. Oh, and then I take it back. Uh, Kayla Villascusa and Talia Villascusa, sisters. So uh, good honors for them. But I'm really happy for Mario. He's put in a lot of time at that program. And so I sent him a congratulatory text last night, and that's when he told me. He said he was surprised to get it because he said the Walden Grove coach would get it. Walden Grove coach praised him and his coaching efforts, and the other coaches supported the Walden Grove. And so, Doesn't that show the sportsmanship at the highest level when the coaches are that way toward each other? Remember, we had that happen a few years ago when Braden Davis of St. David nominated the Valley Union coach, Brandon Gilbreth, over himself to be the coach of the year. So, I mean, it does happen. But I think it's very noble, like you said. It shows the, the sportsmanship and shows the respect because, I mean, he could have easily, the Walden Grove coach could have easily accepted the honor for being region champions, which usually is the case. Right. But he dished it off to Mario. This has motivated Mario to work even harder because he knows he has some holes to fill. But, you know, he says we kind of let one get away at Prescott. And he said we should have won it. But I had to laugh because he sent me a text right before the game. I guess it had snowed there the night before. And they show up to the field, and there's snow plows on the field pushing the snow off to the side. So you look at the game film, and there's snow banks all along around the field. And in between there, there's little gaps where the players can walk through the snow banks. I kidded him. I said, did the girls get a chance to play in the snow? He said, yeah, after the match. And so Douglas had, they, you know, they lost, but they had a chance to go play in some quality snow because I guess it really snowed up there. And you look at the banks around the, pitch, around the field, and I mean, they're at least three feet high. Oh my goodness. So hats off to them. And so we're talking to soccer. We're going to hit 5A soccer for the boy and the boys. No player of the year, coach of the year honors, unfortunately. We do have a first team, second team, and honorable mention honors. Uh, Josiah Rojas, Abuena, first team. Timothy Tug, Connor Tebow, Kevin Tron, and Andrew Ellison Rawls, second team honors. Honorable mention honors went to Caleb Ackfrail, Nathaniel Albertson, and uh, Josiah Bussey. All got honorable mention honors for the Colts. Hats off to them. And then for the girls, soccer from Buena. First team honors went to Aliyah Santa Maria, no surprise. Catherine Personnel, no surprise. Paige Goodman, no surprise. Second team honors went to Olivia and Camille Kerr and Kirsten Harris. Now, talking about girls basketball, uh, we did have player of the year honors for the 1A, and I think it's no surprise who that's going to be. But uh, Gracie Crockett, Emma Hart, and Kali Pruder out of Valley Union uh, Crockett and Hart being from St. David, they were all first-team honorees. Lexi Boss of Valley and second-team honorees. The defensive player of the year went to Haley Deskins of St. David. Wow, that's great. And the player of the year, Jeff? Anissa or Mela, which one? Both. What? They got co. Oh, that's they awesome. They got co. I think even the – so I, I've got a funny feeling that, you know, we're going to have the same predicament with girls basketball for best of preps. Oh, my goodness. How can you decide one over the other because they're both – there was four seniors on this basketball team, 
And one of my shots in the Wednesday edition of the Herald Review is the four seniors holding the state championship trophy. And their smiles are priceless because you know they'd worked so dang hard to get to that point. So proud of these kids. Uh, for the boys' basketball, St. David, Cooper Merrill, and Keiston Richardson make first team. Landon Glenn of the Valley Union made second team. And then uh, Gannon Carafa, Chase Pacheco of St. David made honorable mention. And Dylan Mitchell made honorable mention as well. 2A basketball for boys. We did have Player of the Year honors again for some of these schools. Uh, first team all region, Dalton Crockett, Benson, Sebastian Lopez of Bisbee, and Lane Wetton of Wilcox. Second team honors with the Dominic Villa of Benson, Malachi Keller of Tombstone. The defensive player of the year went to Keelan Payne out of Benson. Very deserving. This kid yeah. was a beast, man. Yeah. To finish that one game with Bisbee with four fouls, and he just had an outstanding, so I'm not surprised by that. The player of the year? I'd have to guess Jose Mendez. Yeah, the player of the year, very deserving. And uh, so hats off to him. What is surprising is, you know, I thought Sebastian Lopez would probably be a co, but he got first team, and Sebastian's a junior, Jose's a senior, so we'll see what happens here. Honorable mention honors, Colton Belmore of Benson, Dawson Judd of Benson, uh, Francisco Loya Bisbee, Anthony Molina Bisbee, and Juan Pablo Navarro of Bisbee, along with Ben Boulay of Tombstone, Kobe Collins of Tombstone, Emilio Chavez of Wilcox, Caden Hooper of Wilcox, Ty Scholl of Wilcox, and J.D. Wetton, the freshman that we had just talked about, yeah. honorable mention honors. So you're a freshman and you get HM honors. The future's looking bright for the Wetton family, as we talked about, and that's the reason I'm really glad now I did the story that I did on these boys because, you know, Lane got first team, J.D. got honorable mention, and very few times they can actually share accolades. It would have been so cool to see them both get first team, but J.D.'s going to get his chance. I give him two or three years, and he'll be a first-team honoree. Girls basketball, 2A. First team, Kylie Taylor of Benson and Rachel Thursby of Tombstone and Maddie Bennett of Wilcox. Second team, Riley Deskins of Benson, uh, Mia Mangaro of Wilcox, Brooklyn Penrose of Tombstone and Emma Rivera of Tombstone. And Elisa Lopez of Bisbee, they all got second team honors. Defensive Player of the Year honors went to Kylie Taylor of Benson, no surprise. And then honorable mention, Aubrey Moon of Benson, Yasleen Hernandez of Bisbee, Annie Loretto of Tombstone, Bria Schuler of Tombstone, Paisley Adams of Wilcox, Addison Burright of Wilcox, and Gabriela Galaz out of Wilcox all received honorable mention honors. So now we're talking about 4A, and we're almost done here. 4A girls, all region honors went to Scarlett Ruiz of Douglas, no, no surprise, very deserving. Francia Rubio of Douglas, first team. Second team, Kira Espinosa of Douglas. And the player of the year for the defense was Francia Rubio of Douglas. So Douglas had a coach of the year and a defensive player of the year. Very deserving honors for them. Honorable mention for the, uh, the basketball team from Douglas, Catalina Aguayo. Evelyn Gonzalez, and Dana Pena, as we mentioned, just received honorable mention honors. So for Buena Boys basketball and then Buena Girls basketball, and we're going to wrap this up here, first team honors, Jamin Booker and Mason Gordon of Buena, first team honors. Second team was Jesus Pacheco and Julian Aguilar. So second team honors. And then honorable mention went to D'Angelo Hawthorne. And then for the girls, uh, London Richardson, no surprise, first team all region. 
Grace Holman of Buena, second team, and Isis Perez of Buena, she was second team as well. And honorable mention honors went to Kashia Baker and Emma Martin. So uh, we have a bunch of accolades coming down for the teams. And so hats off to them and congratulations on your performances this past season. So, well, we're done. We're done with the season, and now we kick off baseball and softball. Buena, Douglas, Bisbee, Benson, and Wilcox all have tournaments this weekend throughout the state. Buena's going to the Cowboy Up Tournament at Tucson Electric Park. Benson will be there. Wilcox will be there. Oh, Tombstone's also kicking off this weekend. I forgot. And then uh, Douglas is going to Phoenix. Bisbee actually plays a game on Wednesday, and then on Friday, Saturday, they go to a tournament up north and play up there for back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday. And then next week we kick off tennis. We kick off track. We have the Douglas Invitational next weekend already. I can't believe it. And the Bisbee Baseball Tournament kicks off next weekend. They're overlapping too much, man. I was laughing because Todd Hammett, the Bisbee Baseball coach, and I were talking Monday night. On Monday, he finally had his basketball players out for baseball. That was his first day in he says, man, he said, we've got a lot of catch-up to do. Thank God for the tournament this weekend. And to then kind of get them back into the groove. For baseball, because, I mean, they're still, I mean, they're athletes. So they should, ad- they should adapt normally. And, of course, his big one's going to be Sebastian because he's a pitcher. So Bisbee plays, I think Todd said they play nine games on 11 days. Uh, they play Monday. They play Wednesday. Then they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday next week. Let's so talk about hitting the ground running. Yeah. But Monday and Wednesday are, are non-conference games, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the tournament games. And so we'll be having a recap of those on next week's show. So uh, it's hard to believe that we're in the spring season. For once, there's no football this week. Bruce is having Taylor Swift withdrawals. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I can find her on the Internet if I guess I, if I have to get my we'll Find her on the radio. Hmm. You know, but, yeah, I'm so used to watching football and seeing Taylor on TV that – it's like, man, now we are officially done. But we got that new football league starting up. I'm anxious to see how it's going to look for the semi-pro league, as they're calling it. But real fast here, we're going to commend our Athletes of the Week this week. Uh, no surprise, Orrin also. He yeah. deserves it. Yeah. And uh, hats off to him. But like I said, he, I did not expect him to give me the rodeo sport that he was going to go into. I figured it would be baseball. I really expected it to be baseball. But no, he's going to become a Cowboy and then on Sunday, in the Sunday edition of the Herald Review, we recognize Benson volleyball players uh, Jamie Darwin and Trinity Foy, who have signed letters of intent to future colleges. Darwin will begin her collegiate career at North Central Texas College in Gainesville, Texas, while Foy will be attending Dallas College Cedar Varsity Campus in Lancaster, Texas. Both these girls are going on volleyball scholarships. They're still dinged up from basketball. But my reporter, Linda Lou Lamb, who wrote the story, said they will be healed in time to go participate. So we got more athletes going on to the next level. While we're at Coaches College on Tuesday watching the Apaches, I ran into Bo Hall and Derek Hall's at spring training. So we got him, and then Seth Martinez is also at spring training. So anxious to see what's going to happen with our athletes as they take their skills to the next level. So where one sport ends, another one begins, and... There's no rest for the wicked, I guess, because, man, we're off and going with a slew of games tonight. And then the tournament's all weekend. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we got something going on as far as athletic-wise next week. 
So we're going to have a lot to talk about, Jeff. Man, can't wait. And I know that as much as that is, you will have it all covered for us in the Herald Review Media in print, online at myheraldreview.com and on the Herald Review Media social media channels. As always, with so much going on, you got a lot of choices where you can lend your support by attending any one of the games that Bruce talked about. And please understand that it means the world to these young student-athletes to have their community support. From the Cochise Broadcasting Studios of KKYZ 101.7 FM, the oldie station in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and on behalf of Bruce Wetton, the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, my name is Jeff Davenport, and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. And now we'll send it back for the rest of today's Daily Chirp. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace Stocks, Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal Paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace for First, Sierra Vista Ace since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 92. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. This Saturday at 6 p.m., Dave Stamey will be performing at the Klein Center for the Performing Arts. He is a nationally acclaimed cowboy singer-songwriter who was inducted into the Western Music Hall of Fame. He has been recognized five times by True West Magazine as the best-living solo Western musician, and Western Horseman Magazine has declared his Vaquero song to be one of the greatest Western songs of all time. It's recommended that you get your tickets ahead of time. Finally, today we're remembering the life of Kit Judd. Kit was born in Deming, New Mexico in 1954. He was married to his loving wife Peggy in 1981. They had five children together. He is a lifelong member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a proud El Paso natural gas company brat. He attended school in Wilcox, but graduated from Bowie High School in 1972. He then graduated as a heavy-line diesel mechanic at Eastern Arizona College and received many specialty certifications over the years. He has owned his own auto shop for over 20 years and worked for a number of local businesses. He was active in the Wilcox community, played city volleyball, coached softball, and even ran for city council. He also served for many years on the Rex Allen Days Committee. He accomplished his lifelong goal to travel the entire Route 66 in his Mustang. He survived by his wife, children, and 19 grandchildren. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Kit's life. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. 
beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyper-local conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.